0: Okay, every time I try to compete, I try to have this sort of this beautiful jujitsu display so even even if you don't know what jiu-jitsu is you can still appreciate the beauty of the technique. Hi,
1: this is Mick Tully and you're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. My guest on today's show is an absolute star in the making. It's the one and only Bradley Hill, the Sultan of the Shoulder Lock. He's the king of the Uma Palata. He's one of the most exciting Jiu-Jitsu players. guy's unbelievable. He's a great ambassador for the sport, great ambassador for Gracie Baja, and a great ambassador for his generation. He's a really, really cool guy. I've known him since he was like nine years old. And, uh, yeah, he's basically been kicking my ass since he was about 13, 14 years of age, and that's no lie. The guy is unbelievable. I know where I first met you, but how did you get into martial arts? Uh,
0: I started training Jeet Kune Do to begin with. I started when I was nine years old, uh, like a local academy to me. I started training martial arts concepts, um, and then eventually transitioned into Jiu Jitsu.
1: Yeah, was it. I remember, that's where where we first met. Uh, I remember seeing you over at Paul Hill's when he first started uh, Paul Kelly sorry Uh, when he was he had Rick Young doing some seminars was that where you first got the Jiu Jitsu bug?
0: Yeah um when I first started training jiu-jitsu was when uh, Victor came to the academy. So uh, I, I learned some of the basics of um, like of jiu-jitsu. I, I did some stuff from the close guard, some submissions from the mount, just in the, the normal classes. Uh, and then eventually Victor came over, started teaching the classes um, like on a regular basis. Yeah, he used to
1: teach on a Friday night. I came over
0: to uh, him. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. And then I started going crazy for jiu-jitsu. I went from two classes a week for the kids. Then I did four classes a week doing the adults as well. And then came up to Gracie Bar Birmingham, started training with Brawler full time.
1: Yeah, I remember that. I, well, I remember you used to. You, didn't you used to have time off from school to be able to train? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. That
1: was that was. I hope legitimate I wasn't helping you wag, no, wag no, classes. No.
0: No. no, that was all legit stuff. I mean, my my teachers. Wasn't too fond of uh, me taking time off, but I think it helped out in the long run.
1: Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. Well, it's a career now, right? So, if you give us a breakdown, what have you, some of your accolades, what what have you won?
0: Um, So, I'm a, it's all within Jiu Jitsu. I am one of the number one ranked uh, uh, in the IBJJF ranking system so I had the number one ranking at purple belt middleweight then again at brown belt middleweight Uh, I'm a three time world medalist for IBJJF and a two time European champion so far
1: uh, we won't even talk about the British Opens because no, that's no. way too many. Yeah, we will be here for a long time. <laughs>
0: yeah? uh, we will be here for a while. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I've, well, I've I've always yeah, I've liked you since you were like young kid. I've al- I've always liked your outlook on on martial arts. You've always been very respectful. You've always been just a real one of the most hard working guys I've ever seen. Yeah, because you mm-hmm. will drill the ass like out of a technique till you own it, and then what? You know, as you're moving along now. I've 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 caught you in action a few times teaching and that I think as good as you are at competing I I think you're a as equal with the teaching methods, don't you think?
0: I well, I'm I'm getting there. I do enjoy teaching a lot. I, I like the idea of being able to pass down my knowledge to the the other students here at the academy. I I especially teach the the children at the moment. I, I run the the sort of program here at the school. So we are getting a lot of a lot of champions out of the kids program, which is awesome to see. Like we we just got a Pan American champion, European medalist in uh, Cameron Jeter. Like, Cameron and
1: is Cameron something Jeter. else, man. Yeah. You check that guy out on Facebook. He, that that was unbelievable. It looked like it had been sped up.
0: Yeah, that scramble. Yeah, yeah, that scramble. Just so, like he was like, going he, for he's it. He's a monster at the moment. Like he, he's given the purple belts in the gym a hard time. The purple belt. How old is he? Uh, he's fifteen. F- fifteen you, still.
1: You see, this is the one thing that we're, we're, we 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 started off talking about <clears throat> chicken dough, right? And. Yeah most of the guys who were really with jeet kune, jeet kune Do got on it straight away it's like downstairs you know brailio is working out with what who's this new guy the
0: killer uh
1: yeah, so they're, they're, these guys are like, trust me. Bradio says that he's missing a, a step or two at the moment. Does it <laughs> look like that to me? No. Yeah, because this this guy's a black belt killer. This new guy, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. He he just got a medal at the Grand Slam last weekend. Got third place in the black belt division at the Grand Slam, like one of the toughest divisions wow. out there. So
1: yeah, the reason I was saying it, it was the guy who was on the camera who's taking it. It's a good friend of mine, Gonzalez, Gonzalez Gomez. Gomez is a great guy, <laughs> and it, Gomez was an original JKD guy as well Carly yeah. guy that's that's yeah. how we all met yeah he told yeah. me about that. yeah and it, it, very good martial artist as well I'd love to get him on here but a lot of the JKD guys at the top level got into BJJ but a lot of them didn't Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know if you noticed that as well you know me personally I've said it on record and you yeah, know I even say this to some of my dear friends who have just... They've they've avoided the Brazilian (laughs) jiu-jitsu. It's only because, if they tell the truth, it's just painful. It's that... uh, What would you say? It's the hardest martial art I've ever done.
0: Yeah, it has to be. I mean, it's a completely different... Completely different cardio to anything else. Yeah. Like you, you can't replicate the same feeling that you get when somebody's laying on top of you in the mount and has their chest on your face. You're not gonna get that anywhere else. Even if you're sparring with your, you're striking, it, it's you still get that chance to have a bit of a break. Yeah but in jiu-jitsu when the good people on top of you have flipping 80-90 kilos on top you have to push it off you start a snake and things like that it's just completely
1: well it kills me you just you hit the nail on the head because I have to a lot with the, the no hiding place because in the, yeah. Yeah, in the Thai boxing and the boxing if it gets too much I just pour it on the guy and just pour it on him lean on him a mm-hmm. little bit and then I can get a breather but yeah. you're constantly at war yeah. yeah. even when you're winning at jiu-jitsu so, you know, the minute you take your eye off the ball, you're screwballed,
0: you're yeah. back behind
1: the eight ball, and then you've got this massive hill to climb again, right?
0: Mm-hmm. You have to be constantly on your ball. And then, I mean, if you're at the black belt level, you're fighting for 10 minutes. It's like 10, 10 minutes straight. 10, <laughs>
1: I tell you what, America America had a war with Panama that didn't last 10 minutes. Yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> and they won by playing ACDC at the end. Yeah. So who's the, who's the toughest guy you've ever fought, do you think?
0: Ooh... Well, I fought some black belts. I fought so, like uh, some of the best guys I've been up against is, is like when I fought in the brown and black belt divisions. Uh, I, obviously, there's killers in the brown belt division, but nothing compares to when you compete against people that have had the black belts for like a decade. Like I, I fought Finfo, uh, Alan Finfo, for one of the Brazilian guys. I fought him right. twice. I fought, I fought him twice now, and it just has this. Um, this ability inside the mat to be able to do things, to, to stay up on points and just super, super good with his strategy, as well as his technique. And he's like, he's always been one of the top guys, like along with Victor in that, that middleweight division. So he's one of the toughest guys I've ever fought against
1: wow you see this is this is the thing just as you were saying uh just as you were saying that i remember my own professor neil simpkin when do you remember the british open that time when uh, clark Clark gracie uh. but the, like everyone goes wow you know he any foot like clark gracie but what people forget is um what's the guy's name from oxford shoot fighters Um uh,
0: we- Max Campos?
1: Max Campos. Yeah. And he went up against Max and Max was like an unknown quantity. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long he'd been in the UK. But, uh, you know, Neil went up against Max, and for me, personally, that was, like, the shortest fight I've ever seen Neil have to, ever take, but it was like Neil said, that was the one fight he learned the most from, he said, because he went in, and he went up, he said, Clark Gracie's Clark Gracie, so you weren't expecting this, so he went in there bringing everything to Clark Gracie, which, you know, we saw the fight, yeah. right, but then he went up against, and I've seen Max Campos, and Max Campos, just as you were saying, he's, it's like almost like a magician. You go on the mm-hmm. mat, and it's like the, r- the rules and the laws of gravity don't seem to apply to you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, how the hell did this guy do this? Yeah. yeah? Exactly. So what? What gets you motivated for a fight? You know. Um,
0: for me, it's it's my opponent. I have a big thing where if I if I if I fought the guy already. And I know the game that we're going to play, and I don't really get too amped up to compete. A lot of times, I like a new challenge, and not, I like a big challenge. So yeah. I always fight to my sort of optimal performance when I'm in that brown and black belt division, just because I'm competing against people that are my idols, people who are role models for me. And then it's it's sort of, it's time for me to... Take that that spotlight from them almost yeah. without without like a being in a disrespectful way, but it it gives me that sort of fire. Like I'm like oh my god, I'm competing against such and such. That that's the stuff that, that really fires me up. The guys that are in, in the spotlight already, and it's it's people like that that make me excited to compete.
1: So obviously, if we take Brailleo and Victor out of this, right? Who 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 are we talking about? What sort of who are the guys that you look up to?
0: Um, I I look up to I, I have a lot of people that I look up to in jiu jitsu. I, I do a lot of research. I do a lot of watching people, watching competition. I got I watch Marcelo Garcia. I watch the man. The man. I watch. Yeah, Marcelo, I
1: think Marcelo for Ma, Marcelo Hendo Gracie, for me, but. Because of the man, the character. Yeah. You know, the, the jiu jitsu awesome, but just that, the way he conducts himself. And as I said, I told Enzo Gracie he's the only person on the planet that I would swap places with. Because yeah. I have a yeah, I have a pretty fucking awesome life. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I enjoy my life. But Enzo's the only guy I see that seems to have more fun than me.
0: Yeah. Right. But then Handsome's always smiling, isn't always he?
1: Always smiling, and no, no one's got a bad word to say about this guy. No. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think even those two guys that he double raccooned <laughs> really you know, he, he tweeted while he was getting while he was yeah. He's started chasing them around Manhattan you know like yeah, even the copper they went to the copper and they were like this is Enzo Gracie why did you pick this guy you know really but like with Marcelo Marcelo was the first guy for me you know you, with with, with, like with Helio Gracie there's a lot of stuff there that you don't know is it true or not you know like wrestling a shark and saving children and stuff <laughs> you know. yeah I'm not part of the university anyway so I can get away with that but what I'm saying is <laughs> you're not allowed to laugh at that I'm glad to say this you're, you're, you're Bradley Hill you're not supposed to be able to do yeah, this sorry, sorry. if anyone says that to me no because you're, you're an upstanding member of the community I'm not I'm just some rat that comes in and does a bit of Jiu now and again but no but Marcelo Garcia was probably the first small guy to go in there and turn it upside down where it was like physics really yeah when it's like all things are equal the big guy will win mm-hmm. and Marcelo was probably the first guy to take it to the world stage where it was like uh uh-uh. uh uh yeah no no the smart guy wins
0: yeah yeah definitely the, the jiu-jitsu genius Marcelo yeah. that's it
1: that's what that's why they say that's why they say yeah. and you, you've trained with him right
0: yes I, I've never had the opportunity to roll with him yet uh, but I've been over to New York at his school and I, I've trained in his classes I've he was actually rolling
1: he was rolling in the, in the midday midday class that I was at oh really yeah yeah but it was like like he went through like basically he was very 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 uh yeah polite yeah very very welcoming as well but uh, yeah, again, yeah, it would have been the most short-lived and most <laughs> underwhelming role of his life for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'd have made money to see seconds. you yet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would
0: have seen that. So who else? Who else motivates you? Uh, I like to watch the Mendes brothers. yeah Solely for the the style, like that that beautiful jujitsu. Like every time I try to compete, I try to have this sort of this beautiful jujitsu display. So even even if you don't know what jujitsu is, you can still appreciate the beauty of the technique yes so i i watch those guys i see the the barambola the leg drags and i i use the same sort of things from for my game i train with them as well the art of jiu-jitsu so yes this, like that was one of the toughest classes i've ever done with the, the Mendes brothers really
1: they're hardworking guys,
0: right? Hard-working guys, man. That, that's an understatement for the, the Mendes. The everybody there that trains hard, like the the competition class I did. Like I, we did, we did the specific training. We did the grip strength drills. We did the speed drills, and we did the sparring. Uh, I did, did my speed drills with Hafa. Uh, oh, wow! My, yeah, that that was a story.
1: Scramble City,
0: right? Exactly. So I was like bouncing back and forth side to side, and he's like, "Let's go fast." I'm like, oh my
1: God, I can't do Uh, any more. Because you're a well-traveled young man, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I've been to a few different places. Yeah, is there any place you'd like to go? I always want to go back to New York, man. New York's awesome. Yeah, I love to train in New York. Um, I'd like to do a little bit more training while I'm over in Abu Dhabi. Uh, I've been there, but I've never actually been to any of the academies. Yeah. but yeah, I'd like to go go through Europe a little bit more, training the guys in Europe. Well, that's, gonna, that's leading me on to something because we talked about
1: your teaching earlier, right? And your seminars, no, they, they are going good, you know? you What's this, this Uma Plata series you're yeah. doing at the moment? Yeah, Tell us about I, that.
0: I have the, uh, the Uma Plata Man seminars, which are pretty successful at the moment. We had, like, over 30 students in the, the first one. Um, but it's just a technique that... That I've been using for so long, like literally back to like my yellow belt days when I when I was on my platform. I people. remember you being a yellow belt. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I've been using it for so long, and just got all these different techniques where things work, things don't work, and I, I just keep applying different positions for all different people. So hopefully, when people come along to these seminars, they take away something new and something they can apply into the game. So and yeah,
1: you can tailor mate You can tailor make. You can tailor make. Your your seminars to the to whatever group, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: We, we we had like a a huge huge sort of disparity in terms of the level that we're at the, the last seminar. We had some people that were from our fundamental curriculum that jumped in. Like yeah, with one guy, he, he he came to the came to the seminar. And he he came in his shirt and his his trousers. He's like, oh, I'm I'm here for the seminar. I was like, are you're gonna get changed. So, like, oh. I have to get changed. I'm like, wow, really? Yeah, he didn't have a clue what to do for a seminar. Didn't have any idea. Probably been training for like three or four weeks. And he he thought he was just gonna watch the seminar just from the outside. And I was gonna talk about animal plateau or something. Wow. Uh, So then eventually it got him into a gi it jumped on the mats and by the end of it it was tapping everybody out with them and platters so really yeah oh man. that's honest truth so and then, then we had flipping uh, we had black belts in there that were doing the classes and and everything so we, we had like a huge huge level of people so. well you 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 mentioned
1: you mentioned earlier about teaching the kids you mentioned that when you were over with the mendez brothers and neil Simpkin always tells me that it's the mendez brothers their kids program is like crazy
0: right
1: yeah uh, did you pick up anything from them while you're over
0: there I, I never got to like i i watched a couple of classes like i always try to do a little bit of research for my teaching as well as my own sort of development as well and i watched a couple of the kids classes when i first went out there but i've never had the chance to go back and, and watch any more classes while i've been there but i mean i i watch the videos i, I see what the kids are doing yeah. I think the basic idea of what they're applying to their children is just to give them that advanced technique. That, that, that's the biggest thing that i see from the Mendes brothers or the the atos kids is that they they have this advanced technique that they're, they're already playing de la a guard to the brown or to the power hooks and the crab rides and all these crazy positions yeah. that the brown bolts will struggle with like yeah a, a, the average brown bolt would struggle to apply these techniques but because these kids are like sponges you show them something once they pick it up and it, it goes crazy like I, I taught my uh, advanced kids workshop like a couple of weeks ago for the, the kids in the UK and I, I focused on the Berimbolo and by the end of it you've got uh, grey belts that were spinning upside down taken back so I was like wow awesome yeah
1: But well, this is this, you know again this is a You're leading. You're leading this conversation the way I like it because. uh, No, you've mentioned you mentioned the kids' program, right? So there's yourself, Neil Simkin, Kev Capel, Jimmy Johnson, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And you guys are the main four guys that are like bringing this together,
0: right? Yeah, the the whole sort of kids UK movement.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I've what I like is every single one of you brings something different to it. But what I what you've just said. Echoes what Neil says. I've seen it with Kev, you know, with his with his son, and I've seen it with Jimmy. Just not with his his own children, but with his kids group as well. Which is the whole methodology and the mindset of where other people would be like, right? Okay, what we'll do is we're just going to teach you good kid, good basics, good basics, and then Neil Simpkins like, why should a guy in a fundamentals class not learn this? Yeah. Yeah, why why shouldn't we teach a kid this? And then what what you what you're doing is you you, like, you redefine what the playing field or the battleground is because this kid's coming out and then he's going, yeah. The first thing to to be able to stop something, you have to understand what it is, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And
1: it's elevated thinking, which is what.
0: Jiu-Jitsu is supposed to teach us, right? Yeah, I mean, when people come in and they ask me how to pass the one guard, the first thing I teach them is how to play one guard. Yeah. Because if you can play the position and you understand what you need to do in order to sweep, you can counteract it all by learning how to stop the sweep. And then if you know how to pass the guard, you know how to stop the guy from passing the guard. So the biggest thing is being able to do both of, of both scenarios.
1: Yeah, but you see, right, for the guys for the guys who are listening that don't know what the worm guard is, yeah. you know, like, me and you both know, Keenan Cornelius was the guy who basically refined it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, if you could say he discovered it or created it but he certainly refined it yeah yeah so definitely. explain
0: explain to the guys so it all started with the sort of lapel guard, and i'm not gonna say who created it because then everybody goes crazy oh i did it 10 years ago and all this sort of thing but the the guy who really put it out there was browler with, with his match with rodolfo yeah he, he fought rodolfo in a 20-minute fight i met morris and he basically, Braulio fights in medium heavyweight. And I think Adolfo is super heavy. He's like one of the best guys in the world. The guy's like a bus, right? He's yeah. huge. So Braulio injures his hand at the World Championships. So he's like, he, his hand's all swollen up, looking flipping, disgusting. And he's playing this lapel game. And I I, I barely seen it myself uh, in the gym, let alone in, on a competition mat. And for 20 minutes, he's holding. Holdolfo away from getting anywhere near him in terms of passing a guard just by sticking his foot in his lapel. Yeah. So th- this is the first thing and the guys, everybody goes crazy. They're like, oh my God, how is Holdolfo not passing his guard? Because if you watch Holdolfo at the World Championships, you're going to see 20 to 30 guard passes. Yes. Like at least. like yeah. if, he's, if he's not being put back in the guard, he's submitting you once he's passed. But he's definitely, he, Holdolfo will take you down, he will pass your guard and he will submit you. And Braulio was the guy that sort of kept him off and set up these positions to get to all all sort of submissions like he almost knee-barred him in the fight he got real close to to finding the submission and it's Braulio that really put it in with with things like the Galaxy Guard things like wrapping lapels playing like a, a Spider Guard type thing with the lapels and off of that was where Keenan started to play the the worm guard. so instead of what Braulio was using was the galaxy wrapping from the Delaheva, and playing uh, the lapel game with the foot in the lapel as, as like a spider guard type yes. thing and Keenan addressed it in terms of a lasso so if you, if you play a, a spider guard with the lasso he does the exact same thing with the lapel and yeah. then starts passing it under people's legs entangling everything and to begin with Nobody had a clue what he was doing. They didn't it.
1: even know what it was, let alone an no, answer.
0: No, I remember watching Keenan when he first put it out and he he put people like he he beat Liangelo. Wow. Bearing in mind that Liangelo's just won the, the Pan American championships like last weekend, beating people like Andre Garval, he beat Shh. Homolo and, and Keenan put Liangelo in the worm god. Yeah and beat him in that match just because liangelo didn't know what to do he put buchesha in there he swept buchesha at the waltz i was like whoa (laughs) and and, and then i remember liangelo if it finished his match he came up and sat behind me and he he was talking to the guys and they were trying to trying to do it in, in the stairs and trying to get the lapel right so he could think about how he'd break the grip and pass the guard yeah. but they couldn't think of anything there and then i mean obviously now we have our counters and at different yeah. positions and all this sort of thing and but there and then at, at that stage nobody had a clue what to do exactly like uh, with Rodolfo he didn't have any idea of in terms of how to get round this lapel game that Braulio was playing.
1: well you see this is again the name that keeps coming up, and it, he's yeah, he's our friend and he's our professor, so you know we have to do it. But I I've said this to Bradley, I actually sent him a message today because it was, we were going to meet up, and I said to him only if he's feeling good because he's trying to get he's getting prepped back in and mm-hmm. stuff. And he was oh, I'm just feeling a little bit, and I was like, dude, you were born great and you got good, you know, yeah. <laughs> and that's the truth, right? I I think Bradley Bradley Estima is literally he's like he's the Mozart is the Mozart of this game I think. He yeah. certainly he's certainly up there with one of the most innovative. You, know, oh, you take definitely. the success away from it. Mm-hmm. Just the way that me, the guy that makes you think completely differently, right? Yeah.
0: If you think about anybody that's changed the way people play jiu-jitsu, you the first name off of everybody's tongue will be Brawler or Steiner. Yeah. So if you think just back to two thousand and nine, when he played, when he fought in ADCC, and he played this crazy sort of shin on your belly guard, like it looked like he could pass easy, yeah. and then people are passing this guard and getting caught in inverted triangles. Yeah. People are like I didn't, even, I didn't even know you could do an inverted triangle, yeah. and then he catches it on the best people. He does it to Andre Galvao and, and chokes him out in the finals of ADCC. The, the the the
1: inverted triangle, sorry, guys. If you're not if you if you've never seen this, you got to check it out because, um, like. All great music all great magicians, and the uh, the other guy I'm thinking about, who's just at the top of his game as well, is what's uh, the snowboarder Sean something? He had the he had the game years ago on the. PlayStation. Oh, Sean Palmer, is it? Or Sh- the guy? The guy who was. The reason I'm saying it is, it was a Winter Olympics, right? This guy was way ahead of everybody else, and that like the first time they'd ever brought snowboard tricks in, oh, right? Okay. So he's in there, and this guy has smashed this. Sean Palmer, I think his name is. I'm sorry if it isn't. Uh, I don't know who that was going past, but uh, he's in a hurry, but this guy all he, all he had to do was do a really safe run and he had the gold because he was in the gold position right? Mm. the reason I'm saying it's very similar to Braulio Steamer very similar to any really great, music, uh, great magician a great magician will always debut his trick at the highest level yeah. and that's what I'm saying Like the guy went in and he did that and he pulled something like a 1080 or what, whatever it was it had never been done ever mm. let alone like people hadn't even attempted this in practice yeah. and this guy had done it at the Olympics when the world was watching and Brownio was the same with the inverted triangle the inverted triangle the first time people first time jiu-jitsu players knew about it was when it popped up on YouTube yeah. you, do you remember that yeah and it was like where, where have they been working that because had anyone seen it
0: I'm not sure I, the the thing with with brothers is th- these techniques just come up out of nowhere like he he he'll be training in the gym he'll do something to me absolutely crazy I don't have a clue what he's doing he didn't know what he did, but then he'll be like, "What did I just do and then he he goes back for about thirty seconds just recapping the exact same position he's just done, which he made makes upon the spot and then eventually puts it into so much perfection that it's able to be used at the highest level
1: yeah he's he, he's he's something else you know it's like which is going to lead me on to something now with bradio because i remember bradio coming over as a, as a brown belt and it was at paul kelly's yeah and believe it or not i was actually with our mutual friend gonzalo gomez oh yeah yeah we were at a rick young seminar and the first half was jkd the second half was bjj and Bradio turned up. And Bralio turned up and he had the Oakleys on. And <laughs> he just looked like the rock star he is. You know yeah. what I mean? But when he was younger, he was like a rock star, rock star. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he, he came in and I said to Gonzalez, who's he? And because he's from, it, yeah, he's from Madeira. He speaks Portuguese. So these two guys start talking. I have no idea what they're on about. <laughs> and he said, we really need to train with them. And it's like, I'm a three-stripe bro, uh, blue belt, right? And Gonzalez has just got his Brown belt yeah. so Gonzalez and he's yeah Gomez is Gomez has got a good game you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. he yeah that he's a hard-working guy but what the reason I'm saying this is bralio came over and I've seen the state of Jitsu in the UK and I've seen where has come in and he's given so much to so many people and without going into details about it I've seen the way he's been treated and it just it, you know, it it kills me to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. want to push you on it, but you know, I, <laughs> no. But you, you, you know, you'll obviously have an opinion because it's we see it all the time now in the UK. I saw it in I saw it in karate years ago, mm-hmm. and it's like all this to a guy who all he ever wanted to do was try and help you. You know what I mean? So I just want your your personal opinion on where do you think? because yeah, like, if you if it can work with Bradio, it, it's going to explode. In the UK, right? Yeah. So, where do you see that all going? Where do you see the Where do you see BJJ going in the UK?
0: Oh, it's only going to go bigger. I mean, especially the the way that we have the the kids being taught at the moment. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the, the the future of what we have here in the UK but the whole mentality they have when they train. So we, we have these, these Kids UK sessions, and in, in case you yeah. do not know, we have kids from all over the country, from all different teams, from Gracie Bar, from Alliance, to a, 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 every single academy that's here. And it's an open invite to everybody, a, right? open invite yeah. to every single kid, and all it is is with the idea of the best kids training together. Yeah. With the intentions of making sure that they're super successful in competition, it's it's all within sort of the the competition realm, and the idea of them enjoying enjoying their training, finding more people to train with, and, and just getting better better training partners because we we all know we will see if you go to any school that teaches a kids class, there's going to be one stand star that's in the kids class. Yeah, and. No matter how many people that they train with, they're still going to be the best kids in that class. So for them to get the best training, they have to train with better people. So yeah. they need to then decide, well, where's the next step for me? And for, for a very long time, the kids didn't really have that next step. It's like, like you go and compete. But... There's not not really that many competitions. It's getting more and more now, especially for the kids. We now have the Junior National Championships, the European Championships. They're really sort of booming in the UK. Yeah. They're, they're becoming massive. We have kids coming from Sweden and all over Europe to come and compete over here. And this is what we're trying to create that sort of level that the kids can get better without just competing against each other, but just training with each other, sharing yes. the techniques they have from those schools with, with the other kids in the academy, learning from the instructors that are there. We have this great set of instructors that have some of the best kids' schools in the country, uh, some of the best kids' students in the country as well, and everybody's just developing and growing. Like, and we've been running it for, for quite a while now, and from the first time these kids do a session to the next and then the next one after that we're constantly seeing progression yeah i mean I, I can speak for for cameron where his first session he, he was a super technical kid but he had a very good triangle choke and he had a very good armbar. now eventually that, that's only going to get you so far yeah so he he comes and trains with the classes, he catches a couple of kids, but then he's, he, at the time he was a grey belt, he starts getting busted up by these other blue belts, the blue belt juveniles that were there, some of the green belts that are giving him a hard time, and because he sees that level where the kids, the, there are better kids than him there, yeah, he has this level that he can try and reach, and now... He's one of the best in the UK. One of the best in Europe. Easy, easy. Easy.
1: Yeah, but you've you just said something there. I remember Neil Simkin when we. Yeah, I actually worked security. Uh, (laughs) Well, Bradley always makes me work security at the British Open, right? Oh yeah, Uh, which is well quite ludicrous to tell you the truth because you've got these guys that turn me into a pretzel and Brado's like you can't let them in luckily enough there's you know, there's never any real drama it's just getting the guys in when it used to be at the NEC there was always a problem getting guys in through the door and getting it started but Neil and Katie Simpkin it's like everything runs like clockwork with yeah. these guys right and when they did the first kids I, I was like Neil this is way bigger than I thought it was going to be and he said wait until you see the Europeans yeah. and his uh, whole rationale behind it was so when the UK kids go and they go to the kids Pan Ams they're not going to spend half of the day looking around with their mouths open going, wow this place is so big Yeah. and that, that was you know it, goes, it gives you an idea of just how forward thinking Neil Simpkin is especially when it comes because that, now that's a guy who will do anything to progress this sport yeah in a good way right mm-hmm. so what is your progression what do you want to do next
0: um for, for me i'm still on the sort of the competition idea I, i'm still looking for that world championship gold I'm, I'm trying to get as many as many titles as i can you're in... not
1: far off man <laughs> can't be,
0: can't be now. <laughs> so i'm i'm trying to be as successful as i can as a competitor at the same time Develop myself as a teacher, so I'm I'm running seminars all the time. I'm teaching classes here all the time. I'm teaching classes all over the place now. So I'm developing myself as an instructor. Developing myself as a competitor, and that that's pretty much where where I'm going at the moment. I mean, it could all change, but uh, right now. Well, if
1: Hollywood c- come calling, you know, <laughs> you, you got those British good looks right? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you wanted to get in contact with ya, what's yes. the best way?
0: Um, so you can contact me uh, either with my email address. So I have an email, bradleyhillbjj at gmail.com. Very easy to to get. You can contact me through Facebook. I have a personal and a, a athlete page. Yeah. So if you contact me on the athlete page, um, you would be able to get lots of information on there. Um, that's about it. I mean, you can follow me through all my social media outlets. I, I only really use my Facebook and my Instagram accounts. Yeah. Um, that, that's about it, really.
1: Uh, th- for, we're going to wrap up in a second, but what well, I'm just going to say first of all, when people say phenom, and I, I've, been, I've been calling you a phenom since you were like 13. Right? Yeah. Uh, when I first met Bradley, he was just this little fresh faced kid. And if you want to know the truth, how, how I actually really met him, we were up in Edinburgh. And Paul Kelly had brought you over, had brought Guru in O'Santo over to see you move. And Guru Dan was like, wow, this guy's good. And as he walked past me, he elbowed me and he went, hey, Mick, this guy's really good. And I was like, yeah, I know. And like, I was at the time still trying, I was doing a little bit of training with Terry Barnett. Uh, I'd only just really started with him. And I remember saying to our friends, you know, Josh Siddiqui, Sid, yeah. right? You remember Sid from years ago. And I said, to Sid, this guy's going to make it, uh, you yeah, not just as a competitor, but you're a wicked martial artist. You're a great ambassador for the sport of jiu-jitsu, great ambassador for your generation. And, you know, I just wish you all the best. And, guys, if you're listening, if you are a generic martial arts group that would like to do some work, this is the guy to speak to. Or if you, you know... You got a really successful MMA gym or a BJJ school. Trust me, this guy won't get involved in politics. All he wants is good jujitsu and just make it. You know, bringing it back, bringing it back to where it was when we first started, where everybody we got on with everybody, yeah. and I, yeah, we will come back to that. I, yeah. I, I know that's going to happen because what will happen is. As years go on, people will just go, man. What? What? Can you remember what we? What were we arguing about? I don't know. Do you want to train? Let's train. Yeah. And that's how it's gonna. And I can see that going to go because we did that with the karate, and it will happen now. But Bradley, man, I wish you all the best. And
0: uh, Rome this weekend. Rome this weekend. What's your predictions? <laughs> well, what I'm saying to everybody is four gold medals. That That's what I'm hoping for. So I, I did it at the British Nationals last year. Yeah. So now I, I have to try and do it at the, at the Europeans, the no Europeans.
1: So the gi, gi, Nogi and division and absolute, right? That's the plan. That is the plan. And if you guys are listening to this and you're to do with Polaris or any <laughs> of the big shows there's a few guys I would love to see Bradley matched up against you know And we, we need to support we need to support our home team first unless of course you're from Morris, but if you do book him make sure you pay this dude alright <laughs> thanks Brad man. nice one alright
0: like and it. tell
1: me about the boyish good looks
0: I, I can't say anything I better stay modest <laughs> <laughs> right, that's it man that's again Brad cheers sure, sure. yeah, man
1: for listening today we have a brand new show every friday you can listen to all our interviews on mixed martial arts.com mixed martial arts is our paint your headphones production